You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. Today's guest is Tia Graham. She is the author of Be a Happy Leader and the founder of Arrive at Happy. And today we're going to be talking about the science of happiness. Yes, folks, it is a science. You have to understand the science in order to get to happy. Tia, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So talk to me about, well, first and foremost, I just got to say, I love the branding on your website of the, ah, uh, right? The arrive at happy. How, how did you get to the concept of being a happy, happy leader? Yes. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah. A lot of people like, like the, ah, uh, just by looking at it, how it makes them feel. So I, um, started off my career in the hotel industry. I led teams, sales and marketing teams um, in both the United States and Europe and became a leader at a really young age. So it's always very honored and passionate to be leading people and always did everything I could to be a very positive, optimistic leader for my sales teams. And when I was um, struggling with my own happiness after going back to work, after having my second daughter, that's when I discovered the science of happiness and adult neuroscience and coaching and the research on happiness at work. And so um, be a happy leader. I have this eight-step methodology, and it's really a combination of my leadership, my leadership and life experiences, and everything that I have researched and learned over the last five years as well. This is... Um... And I, I was reading your, your your background a little bit, and there was it seems like there was a moment in your time after your second child was born that you kind of had a dip. What what in, in your own happiness? What what brought what brought you back? What brought me back to to your, my happiness? Your happy you mean? To your, to your, yeah, to your happy place. How did you how do you rediscover that happy place? Yes. So the first thing I did was you know, admit and accept that I was in a really low place. You know, I, I think I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And then really was like, no, I'm not good. And um, the first step I did was I actually hired a business and life coach. And then I started doing a lot of self-discovery on what do I need now? My life circumstances had changed, right? I now had two little kids and was juggling an executive career and everything else in life. And I started doing a lot of self-discovery and going deep on understanding on, okay, my circumstances have changed. What do I need now? And I would say the the third step was I started studying again and I started learning and I started studying positive psychology, the science of happiness. And so those were the main steps towards a journey back to arriving at happy. So... I love the fact that that you teach what you've experienced and and there's so many people that are going through life, especially over the last two years, right? I mean, the last two years have just been a roller coaster of emotions, uncertainty and and so forth. 
what what are some things i'm just going to ask what's one thing that you could share with our listeners right now for if they're not in a happy place what's the one thing you would have them focus on to get back to a place to happy oh it's hard to say one thing there's so many can i I give you two give me two (laughs) okay so for people who are listening and are not feeling happy right now the number one predictor of happiness across the globe, across cultures and ethnicities and age groups, the number one predictor is human connection. So I would say if you're not feeling very happy, increase the amount of time that you're spending with friends and family. And even if you're going through real rough times, be open, be vulnerable, and, and let your friends and family know. That's number one. And if I were to say a number two is prioritize your meds every single day. And your meds are meditation, exercise, a healthy diet, and sleeping at least seven hours a night because your mind is always connected to your body. So make sure you're taking care of your body to help have a happy mind. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Folks, when we get back from break, we're going to dive down this rabbit hole even further as to why it's important to understand the science of happy so you can be a better leader in your business, in your family, and in your life. But before we go and break, Tia, where can people go find more information about you? They can go to arrive at happy.com. Fantastic. Folks, go take a look at what Tia is doing in the world because when you see her website, when you see her pictures, you can tell that just she's just happy. And you've got a you've got a very vibrant energy to you, and I'm so excited to get down into co- further conversation on the backs of this break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the programs tab to get started today. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Tia Graham. She is the founder of Arrive at Happy and the best-selling author of Be a Happy Leader. Now, she is also a certified chief happiness officer. So I got to ask, Tia, what, what is a chief certified, uh, what is a certified chief happiness officer? Yes. Thanks for asking. So a certified chief happiness officer is someone who has been educated on what leaders and managers and supervisors can do to increase the experienced happiness of people while working. So I got certified in Copenhagen, Denmark several years ago because the Scandinavians are significantly happier than North Americans while working. So I wanted to go, I wanted to go learn from the Danes. And um, so I have a tremendous amount of strategies and proven tactics that leaders can use to increase the happiness and morale of people working in the organization. Mm. So I've got to just, I'm going to just pour into this because this right here, I worked for the government for, 12 years. Yes. And there the amount of productivity that exists with the, amongst most government workers at least from my experience is extremely low because in an 8-hour workday we had maybe an hour and a half, maybe 2 hours of actual work. The rest of the time was sitting around twiddling our thumbs. One of the reasons why I left. Yeah. 
was because I realized that I was miserable in that job because there was literally no happiness in it for me anymore. So I got to ask, how can being a happy leader, how can that, and I may know, I know it may seem obvious here, but how can creating an environment, or actually I'm a better, better question, how can you create an environment that creates happy employees, happy workers? Yeah. So the research shows that when people are happy while they're working, they're more productive, they're more innovative, they will sell more. Of course, they will take better care of customers. They will be increased motivation. They're they're healthier. I mean, there's so many direct benefits for businesses and organizations. Some Some strategies that leaders can use starting right now to increase the happiness is make sure that everyone is receiving consistent, authentic, positive feedback. So I teach leaders that, of course, you need to coach for improvement and you need to hold people accountable, but you also need to be giving them consistent, positive feedback. You also want to be creating an environment where people have friendships. Research shows that when people have a friend at work, they're going to stay at the organization and they're going to be way more productive. So having team building, having creating an environment where people can bond and get to know each other virtually or in person. Um, A few others are communicating results. So people are happier when they know exactly how the organization is doing. So don't just have the organizational results known at the executive level. All the way through the organization, people want to know the results, good and bad. Another big strategy is to consistently be communicating why people's work matters and why it is purposeful. The research shows that the number one way to motivate employees is to have them feel like they are making progress in meaningful work. Way more than money, way more than perks or bonuses or big titles. It's progress in meaningful work. So there's a lot more, but but those are some key ones. So I got to ask, how how important is tapping into your employees, your workers, tapping into their why? Does does that play into the happiness equation? Yes, absolutely. So this plays into getting to know, and and in my book, that this is the step that I call prioritize relationships over to-do lists. So with leaders getting to truly know each person individually and understand their values, their strengths, what drives them, and using your words of their why, and then connecting that with the values and the why of the organization is extremely valuable. So I'm going to just play devil's advocate here. If we, some of our listeners might be an employee, they may be unhappy in their in their current position. How how would you talk to somebody? How would you coach somebody on like they they realize that their why is no longer in alignment with their employment? How important is it in our life today to focus on our why and our happiness versus earning a paycheck? So if I were working with this, this individual that you're talking about, I would take them on a journey of self-reflection and getting really clear on what their values are, what their passions are, and what their strengths are. You know, the research shows when we use our strengths, we are so much more successful in life. And when we're happy, we're so much more successful in life. So 
I, you know, it's not all of a sudden one day, okay, quit, then, you know, jump ship. I think it's taking the time to understand what they truly want, how they want to feel, how they want to live. But I believe that life is short and life is way too short to be unhappy while you're working. So I would inspire them to find the career and the journey that would bring them a lot of joy while they're working. I, I, I love that. It's, it's, you know, it's too, life's too short to, to be doing something that makes you miserable, right? We, 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 we've got too much going on in the world right now just to spend eight hours a day doing something that doesn't make us happy. So how big of, how, how important is it for people to find that, that, that work-life balance? How, how does that equate to a person's happiness? Oh, such a great question. So there is a new term that people like Ariana Huffington have been talking about over the last four weeks. And the term is life work integration. So it's no longer work life balance, it's life work integration. And the the goal is not thinking balance in terms of hours, you know, like I work seven hours and then I have seven hours of leisure time each day, but to really think about all of the important pieces of your life. And this changes, right? If you're a single person starting off after university, or you, you know, you're an executive with two little kids, like I was several years ago, then what you want to look at are what are the key pieces of your life? They're important. So Sleep and rest, that's crucial. Spending, having some time with friends and family, having time to exercise, um, work, you know, and, and you maybe some people have hobbies or they're very involved with charity. Maybe you take care of an elderly parent. You look at all these different parts at life and then design. This is part of my happiness success model is design your weeks and days so that you have time and attention towards your, your different areas of life. I think way too many people sort of have work, maybe eat Netflix, sleep on repeat. <laughs> and there's way more to life than that. So it's, that's, if, if people are feeling like, whoa, I'm so unbalanced, you know, take time to get out some pen and paper and think about what is important to me and how do I want to design my days and weeks? Mm, I, I love that. I, it's the, um, I, I don't, I don't know if you remember that old, um, I think it was a uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercials, right? That it shows the, the guy making the donuts and he's just miserable and he's got this just horrible look on his face. And all he says, it's time to make the donuts, right? <laughs> and it's just like that, that mundaneness that, that we've seemed to have come to accept as our reality, right? With, the escapism that social media provides and it's like, like this fake happiness. And it's like, we're, we're really not happy. We're just escaping the things that don't make us happy, but how, how can people learn? What are, what are some of the things that they need to learn about their behaviors to get to a place of happiness? What are, what are some of the key behaviors that are really robbing people of their happiness? Yeah, such a great question. And unfortunately, there's a lot working against us. So 
Right off the bat, I want to remind everyone or teach people if they don't know that our brains have a negativity bias. This, Our brains were designed to keep us safe and keep us alive. They were not created to be feeling joy and excitement every second of the day. So we need to work extra hard to focus on positivity and optimism and create a life of happiness. It takes intention and work. This isn't easy. It's day in, day out. And there's a combination of behaviors and thoughts. And I want people to think about both. So some of the behaviors that decrease our happiness and well-being are watching the news, watching too much television. I'm not saying no television, but watching too much television, social spending time endlessly scrolling on social media, mm. um, not uh, being too, let's say, sedentary. I was talking about, you know, the meds before, not spending enough time outside, um, not nourishing your brain, you know, whether it's amazing podcasts like this or TED Talks or reading books or, you know, watching documentaries or or taking classes. But if you are not learning and growing, then you're doing the opposite. So I want people to be an, you know, an endless student to keep learning, never, ever, ever stop learning. Um, Some other behaviors would be spending time with negative people. Your social circle is really, really important. Um, And not taking time to quiet your mind and get still to listen and and give your time, give your mind space to to turn off is also really, really important. All great tips. All great tips. Now I'm going to, I got a question that I, I tend to ask everybody at some point during the interview. And, and I think it's very pertinent to the concept of happiness. How, how important or how big of a role does the concept of faith play in a person's happiness? Mm. So spiritual well-being is crucial to our happiness, whether that be your religious faith, whether that be your prayer practice, your meditation practice. You know, for me, I grew up in the Canadian Rocky Mountains. I always say Mother Nature is my church, right? This is personal. But connecting to something bigger than yourself and realizing that we're all interconnected and it kind of, you know, actually ties into that, that what I was talking about earlier of taking time and space to, to receive and not just be, you know, pushing forward is really, really important. Yeah. I, it's, I know for me, it's, it's been the, kind of my go-to place of of reminding me of why I do the things I do and finding my joy in that through my faith. Um, I love the fact that you say it's like essential and it's, it's, it's super important to our happiness. This is, um, this is really good stuff. I love the fact that you are out there doing the work. I mean, I, I'm, I look through your website, I read your, I, I read your bio, I read through your, uh, through what you've done and what you teach. And you can tell that you, you live a life of happiness. It actually, it, it radiates through um, the work that you do in and how you show up in the world. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I want to say something that I think is really important is that even happy people, right? So I'm a happiness expert. I've, I really have tried to live my life to be 
happy. And of course, my work is to inspire others, but there is no such thing as a life void of pain. So <laughs> I think, I think I know actually, because I even sometimes get caught in it that sometimes our expectations can can make us unhappy. And so there is no life, you know, everyone has stress and anxiety and fear and anger and guilt and overwhelm and, you know, all of the different painful emotions. You know, I, I say that happiness is a commitment to joy and meeting, but it's also accepting that life has peaks and valleys. And if you're someone listening and you're in a valley right now, number one, that's okay. And, and number two, you know, the advice is, is, is talk to someone, journal, work through it, know that it will pass. Um, but you know, even, even really happy people have, have pain. So I want to share that too. I, I, I thank you for bringing that up because it, you're absolutely right. It is, um, <laughs> it is a journey, right? And it, it is mm-hmm. a choice because we are not wired to, we're, we're wired to go into self-defense. Like you said, we're wired to go into self-protection and, and not always be happy. So thank you for highlighting that because yes, we are all human and the best we can do is to strive for that happy life in every moment and everything and recognize that, you know, life happens, but we get to choose how we respond. Um, I, I thank you for, for the work that you do. This is, uh, I, I love, love hearing you talk about it from your perspective and, and, and your journey. Where, where can people go find more information about you? Yes. So I'm really active on um, Instagram, Arrive at Happy. And also I have a YouTube channel. I put out a new video every single Friday. So Tia Graham, Arrive at Happy. My website's arriveathappy.com. And you can go straight to the book page, happyleaderbook.com as well. Fantastic. Folks, go take a look at Tia's book. Go grab the book. Start diving into your own happiness. Start choosing happiness. Go through the process listen to Tia what she's talking about because this stuff is super, super important. Tia, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Folks, until next time, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.